Introduction Part Three of Commentary on the Gospel of John, Book Six by Cyril of Alexandria, translated by Reverend Philip Edward Pusey and Reverend Thomas Randall. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Fifty four. Jesus answered, If I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. The whole aim of the discourse looks in the direction of blessed Abraham and the prophets but the saviour persuasively transforms to himself what is expressed not ignorant that prone to anger even without any plea inviting thereto is the pharisee and that he takes every one of the things uttered by him as an additional reason for more fiercely plotting his murder for envy renders sin-loving those wherein it is and persuades them more hotly to be vexed even at what they least ought something of this sort again does christ will to signify the jews were springing upon and contradicting what was said by him perpetually speaking even to satiety of abraham and the prophets and openly crying out art thou greater than our father abraham who died and the prophets died in addition they were accusing him of springing upon the glory of the saints and lifting up himself exceeding far above them saying to him whom dost thou make thyself it would then have behoved the lord to answer in plain terms to these things and say clearly i am superior and greater than abraham and the prophets but the mighty-minded jew would not have tolerated the word for he would forwith have been indignant thereat in feigning to be a lover of the father and making believe to be advocating the glory of the saints he would have attacked christ more hotly and in his vexation would have seemed to be now rightly bloodthirsty hence the lord transferring to himself the word says if i honour myself mine honour is nothing for he is all but saying let no one of those upon the earth think great things of himself for if we would consider with ourselves what the glory of man is we shall find it nothing at all for all flesh is grass and every glory of man is flower of grass no marvel is it then he says if abraham has died and after him the prophets for what is man's glory when his nature tyrannized over by both death and decay is therefore likened to easily fading grass it seems likely that by skilfully transforming to himself the measure pertaining to abraham or the prophets and saying my glory is nothing he is calling the jew to the memory of abraham saying most clearly of himself i am earth and ashes and of the blessed prophets crying to god remember that we are earth and we do not say that by this he is accusing the glory of the saints who glorifies them but it was necessary and the word of prophet was inviting him to show how great the difference between his divine and ineffable nature and them which are subject to death and decay my father is which glorifieth me for exact elucidation and idea of the things signified i will use the same words and go through the same speech the jews ever putting forward as an invincible question and a problem not lightly to be set aside and saying art thou greater than our father abraham who died 
and the prophets died, whom dost thou make thyself? And supposing in truth that he himself too will both die and be subject to death and decay, and will not herein be greater than Abraham and the holy prophets, and having no great opinion at all of him, at length of necessity does our Lord Jesus Christ, who is of the eternity of him that begat him, show that he is eternal. Therefore he saith, My Father which glorifieth me is, wishing the word is, to be here conceived of not simply nor without inquiry, but rather putting it as indicative of his Father's being, and the Son, which is ineffably begotten of the existing Father, full surely brings with him the property of his Father, that is, being. He is therefore superior to both Abraham and the prophets, for the one have died as being earth-born of mortal fathers, the other, incomprehensibly going forth from him who is, is ever glorified by his own Father not as lacking glory, for he is the king of glory, but as having his boast in being begotten of an eternal father, and being therefore eternal himself too, for he carries essentially the dignity of him who begat him. It being said that the father glorified him will therefore no ways injure the son in regard of God-befitting conception, seeing that the father himself too is glorified in like way by the son not as though he needed glory but because the being known to be father of such an offspring god that is as he is esteemed to be and hath glory therefore the son himself too saith to the father father glorify thy son that the son too may glorify thee hence the glory of man is absolutely nothing for that which is of earth falleth into death so far as the body is concerned even though it rise the only begotten is glorified by his father as having along with all the other goods that of his essence as his very own to what extent he differs from the whole creation the blessed psalmist too briefly signifieth crying aloud the heavens shall perish but thou shalt abide and they all shall wax old as a garment and as a cover shalt thou change them and they shall be changed but thou art the same and thy years shall not fail for subject to decay is every thing that is made even though it have not yet decayed holden by the divine counsel that it perish not but incorruptible and eternal by nature is god not like the creation gaining this by another's will but ever existing in his own goods in which is also his special property fifty five of whom ye say that he is your god and ye have not known him he refutes them again and that with might is practising the piety of bare words only but exceeding far removed from truly knowing god and all but utters against them that which was declared through the prophet for then he said this people draweth nigh to me with their lips they do honour me but their heart is far from me 
and now profitably and in conformity with that olden utterance does he say ye have not known him and it is true for not the mere knowing that he is god not this surely is having knowledge of god for that god exists and is the devils too believe and tremble as it is written but in addition to knowing that he is it is meet to have fit and do thoughts of him thus what god really is by nature i suppose that no sober-minded person would inquire for it were impossible to find out but what things are his attributes or not his attributes one may recognize in that with ease if one is conversant with the sacred scriptures for we know and have believed that he is mighty we know that he is not infirm we know that he is good we know that he is not bad we know that he is righteous and again that he is not unjust we know that he is eternal we are agreed and believe that he is not bounded by time nor yet transitory as we are the jews therefore as far as in words and voice did say and clearly confess that god is their god being none the less ignorant of him but as far as that he is incorruptible and eternal we shall not find that they understood for had they known they would not i suppose have sunk down to that degree of distraction as to think that the only begotten son which cometh forth of his essence would die nor yet would they putting forward the death of abraham and the prophets have senselessly said whom dost thou make thyself for would not a man with reason say outright that it was necessary that they who know who the father is by nature should believe that such is the son also who proceedeth forth of him for like as of a sweet source goeth forth full surely a sweet stream and as of trees of a good sort of a good sort full surely is the offspring so i ween must one needs believe that he who is of god by nature is true god and he that is begotten of an eternal father is eternal as he who begat him seasonable then is it to say here too to the jews either make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt or make the tree goodly and his fruit goodly for a good tree cannot bear evil fruits nor a corrupt tree bear good fruits how then is it possible yea rather how is it not replete with all folly to deem that he who was begotten of an immortal father is mortal and to make him who knoweth not corruption conumerate with those who are subject to decay but i know him and if i say that i know him not i shall be like you a liar i spake not falsely he says in saying to the jews if any keep my word he shall not see death for ever for i am able to render undying seeing i know that he of whom i am is mighty to do this seeing i know that my father is by nature life i too am therefore as he is life that is by nature and life-giving but if i denied my power of quickening 
i should be ignorant of my father the property of whose essence i possessing am able to quicken as he hence i confess that i have all things that are in the father and affirming that i am as he and for this reason professing to do his works i full surely know him and if i say that i have not the properties of the father uncounterfeit in myself i shall be a liar as you are as though i knew not the father yea and when i say that the glory of abraham and the prophets is nothing seeing they were of earth and men by nature to whom death is not foreign and that my glory is the eternity of the father it is as knowing the father that i say so and if i say that i shall fall into decay as they and that i am not co-eternal with the father i shall speak falsely like you not knowing the father of whom i am for it were impossible that he who is of him that is and ever abideth the same should not full surely both be and abide ever the same for that which is begotten of eternal is eternal for one might taking the passage before us more simply say that it was spoken in another way i know he says my own father if i said i knew not i shall be a liar like you who know not god but say that you know him and what is the mode of knowing and what the charges of not knowing having already clearly said we will add nothing superfluous but i know him and keep his word as far as belongs to the first contact of the words before us we say this that christ is speaking again as man and abasing himself to our level not rejecting at its proper time servant befitting guise he says therefore that he knows the father and keeps his word and we do not surely say that he of necessity witnesses these things to himself nor yet that he is recounting aught of what pertains to him but there is much art mixed up herein for through his saying that he knows the father and keeps his word he shows that the jews mind the contrary to the things which he affirms that he has in that they neither know god nor yet think that they ought to keep his word for then would they have received with all zeal him that was foreheralded through moses and the prophets and we shall find among ourselves too some such fashion of speech goodly and most excellent having the force of rebuke and gently intimating to some the evils wherein they are but cutting off their anger at being reproved for instance let there be a man religious and otherwise good who reproaching the thief and the drunkard says i am a religious person i have not stolen what is another's nor yet have i ever been drunk and such an one is not surely bearing witness to himself by this nor shall we suppose that he is thus speaking but he is putting the reverse of his own acquirements on those whom he is reproaching thus therefore our lord jesus christ too says that he knows the father and keeps his word in reverse wise hereby putting about the unholy jews that they neither know god nor yet endure his word 
or deem worthy of any observance at all the law prescribed them from above but if we must in another way too apply to what is before us and look more subtly at what is covertly intimated we shall say this besides the son knows his own father not having knowledge of such kind as is in us but god befitting and inexplicable for as man that is begotten of man not as though learning from any other but from whence himself is is not ignorant of the nature of him who begat him so the son too from whence he is knows his own father and preserves his word that is to say has the definition of his essence preserved whole in himself for logos means definition for the logos of a man that is to say the definition of his essence is a living creature rational mortal recipient of mind and knowledge the logos for example of an angel will be the definition of his being but of god by nature we may not receive count or definition for we know not what he is by nature but the son knoweth his own father and begotten of his essence knoweth what he is by nature who begat him and taking of our usage and serving himself of human words he says that he retains in himself the father's word as though the definition of his essence for he is the image of him that begat him and the impress in no wise charged with unlikeness but having in himself all the god-befitting excellencies of him who begat him fifty six abraham your father exalted to see my day and saw and rejoiced he here calls day naught else save the time of his advent wherein the very light beamed upon us and the sun of righteousness arose the darkness relaxed that held us like a mist while the prince of this world yet tyrannized darkening so to speak the whole world with his perversities thrusting it down unto idolatrous error diversely darkening the mind of each one therefore the divine psalmist too knowing as a day the thrice longed-for time of his advent foreuttered it in the spirit this is the day which the lord made let us exult and rejoice in it otherwise it is the custom of the holy scripture to call the time for each work day as for the day of the lord of hosts is upon every insulter and haughty one and they shall be abased and again what will ye do in the day of the assembly and in the day of the feast of the lord yea and the psalmist says that in that day shall the thoughts of certain perish dawning again as day the time of the divine and looked-for tribunal wherein will not avail to the renowned of the world the deceit of their olden thoughts and the empty swelling of the brow at its wealth your father abraham therefore he says exalted to see my day and saw and rejoiced and how or when we shall suppose that blessed abraham saw the day of our saviour christ that is to say the time of his advent with flesh 
not open to view is the utterance for one cannot take it and just speak and explain it yet considering well what belongs hereto as we are able we will say that god revealed his own mystery just as to one of the holy prophets or we shall grant that he truly saw the day of the lord's slaughter on account whereof all things have turned out auspiciously unto us and were made prosperous when for a type of him he was enjoined to offer up for a sacrifice his only begotten and firstborn isaac for it is like that as he was executing the priest's office at that time the exact force of the mystery was made clear as in a type in that which was wrought one may give other occasions also for this to those who are more zealous for learning for he saw three men at the oak in mamre yea and received promise from god that he should be a father of many nations which could in no other way be fulfilled save that the gentiles were called through the faith christward inscribing abraham their father and about to sit down with him in the kingdom of heaven and to co-partake with him in the munificence unto all good things of our saviour blessed abraham therefore he says saw and seeing rejoiced at my day and why christ proceeds to say these things also we must need speak of the jews beholding him a man by reason of the veil of flesh were conceiving of nothing god befitting about him but were supposing that he too is mortal like us as being brought from not being into being and they would not of their great ill counsel believe that he was eternal as being of the eternal father in order then that he might clearly show that he is not recent nor just made as are we but that he was known of their very oldest fathers also as being eternal does he say these things in the same does he it seems profitably reproach them because acting ill-advisedly and foolishly minded they spurn what was a very gala to the beginner of their race for he did but see and he rejoiced they having him and it being in their power to enjoy him insult him by their unbelief and set themselves in braggart wise against so glorious grace or perhaps he covertly intimates this that he is both greater and superior to abraham seeing it was to him a festal assembly to only know somewhat of him for he could not say it openly and depart from any veil by reason of their being mighty to wrath but he indicates it in another way and let no one suppose that jesus in saying abraham your father died contradicts himself in that he in one place removes them from relation with abraham saying if ye were abraham's children ye would do the works of abraham but now again calls them abraham's sons but we must know that well does he in either case direct his discourse unto the truth for in the former defining the quality of spiritual nobility he depicts a relation in sameness of habits here he allots them mere bare kindred of the flesh that both in the former he may be true 
and here not false. 57. The Jews said therefore to him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Utterly without understanding is the Jews' speech, and big with much absurdity, and one may wonder, and with much reason, at their proceeding to so great lack of understanding, as to be utterly unable to conceive as they ought. For though our Saviour Christ had devised full many turns of speech, over and over going through the same words, and manifoldly indicating therein his own eternity, they think no whit more than they see with the eyes of the body, but as though utterly distraught, and the whole power of their mind deranged, they reach not forth their heart unto what beseems God, but as if he were some man like us, then barely beginning to be, and be accounted among things that are, when he was born, they senselessly accuse him of a lie, not even deeming aright of what they heard him say for he said that abraham had seen his day they turn about to the contrary the force of his word for say they thou art not yet fifty years old and how hast thou beheld abraham miserable therefore is the senseless jew ever comrade of much uninstructedness and making madness his wild foster-brother fifty eight jesus said to them verily verily i say to you before abraham was i am again does christ advance to his wanted and favourite contrivance for he speaks at times exceeding obscurely and overshadowing his exposition with diverse veils suffers it not to be open to all but when he sees that the hearers understand nothing at all then having stripped his discourse of its obscurity he sets it before them plain and clear and this he studies to do on the present occasion for since he found that they understood not albeit a long discourse had been gone through nor yet were able to understand that he is both eternal as being of an eternal father and that he is incomparably greater than abraham as being god he now says openly, adding Amen in the rank of an oath for confirmation of the things said, Before Abraham was, I am. And we shall in no wise think that the only begotten is boasting of being before Abraham only, for he is before all time, and hath his generation most ancient, being without beginning in the Father but since the comparison with abraham was before him at present he says that he is elder than he just as if the number one hundred for instance were to say i am greater than ten it would not truly be saying this as having the next place above ten but because it is exceeding much superior and above ten he therefore is not rivalling abraham's times nor does he affirm that he is some little precedent to his times. But since he is above all time, and overpasseth the number of every age, he says that he is before Abraham, uttering a truth. And exceeding rightly and well does he of Abraham put, was, of himself, I am, 
showing that to him that was made of things which are not will full surely follow the necessity of decaying to him that ever is will never befall the passing into not being greater therefore is he and superior to abraham greater as eternal superior for that he decays not as he does fifty nine they took up therefore stones to cast at him but jesus hid himself and went forth of the temple they see not the truth in that they are verily both liars themselves and have a liar for their father as the saviour saith but are angry at no vexing thing supposing that they ought to contend for the glory of their forefather as though wronged they were kindled thereby unto no seasonable anger albeit they ought to have known the force of the things said and who it was who thus speaks but turning aside unto most unreasonable and beast-befitting madness they endeavour to aim at him with stones as though they had not sufficiently offended him by their already much railing or were drawing upon themselves by their folly some small wrath hot therefore and most foolish is the attempt of the jews but it passes not into act out of season for the time of his passion was yet to come christ hides himself not retreating beneath walls not interposing aught else before his body but by the power of his godhead rendering himself invisible to them who seek him and it was not enough to escape their notice but he also goeth forth of the temple limbing to us a sort of type herein of things spiritual for to them that love him he is manifest always as it is said blessed are the pure in heart because they shall see god but hastens away from those who are prone to fight against god and is seen of none who behave impiously nor yet loveth to be with after a sort and to dwell with them that persecute him but rather doth he depart from them and removeth taking away with him all joy and leaving bare of graces from him those by whom he is evil entreated in regard i mean of their wishing to do him wrong and of the attempts of the impious ones even though christ shows all things to be vain by his unspeakable might bringing to naught the unholy daring of those who transgress against him chapter nine and passing by he saw a man blind from his birth while the jews were raging against him and now assaying to wound him with stones forthwith he goes forth of the temple that is among them and takes him away from the unholiness of his pursuers and in passing by straightway he seeth one blind from his birth and setteth him as a token and that most clear that he will remove from the abominable behaviour of the jews and will leave the multitude of the god opposers and will rather visit the gentiles and to them transfer the abundance of his clemency and he likens them to the blind from his birth by reason of their having been made in error and that they are from their first age as it were bereft of the true knowledge of god and that they have not the light from god that is to say the illumination through the spirit 
it is me to observe again what christ visiting the blind man as he was passing by signifies and it comes to me to think that christ strictly speaking came not for the gentiles but for israel's sake alone as himself to somewhere says i was not sent save unto the lost sheep of the house of israel yet was the recovery of sight given to the gentiles christ transferring his mercy to them as by the way because of the disobedience of israel and this it was again which was aforesung through moses i will provoke them to jealousy with not a nation with a foolish nation will i anger them for a foolish nation was it which serveth the creature more than creator and like a rational beast feeding on just all unlearning and giveth heed only to things of the earth but since israel which was wise by reason of the law and prudent from having prophets angered god it in its turn was angered by god they who aforetime were not prudent being taken into the place belonging to these for to them through faith was christ made wisdom and sanctification and redemption as it is written that is to say both light and recovery of sight thanks be to christ end of introduction